reported Beijing infiltration into Congress, a longtime congressional aide fired for allegedly working on China's behalf. Twitter removing over 2,000 China-based accounts. They are said to have fanned the flames of political division in the U.S. ahead of the midterm elections. Another American microchip maker cutting its China operations amid sweeping sanctions from Washington. The Netherlands orders China to close police offices inside the country. This after Ireland did the same. And a North Korean missile landing just miles from South Korea's coast. The South responding with its own launch. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. For years, the U.S. has accused the Chinese Communist regime of infiltrating American soil in business, academia, the military, and governmental institutions. That's to get its hands on technology and boost its influence in American society. This week, a congressional aide is getting a pink slip over allegedly working for China. The aide Barbara Hamlet works for Representative Don Bayer. She allegedly reached out to several congressional staffers trying to arrange meetings on behalf of the Chinese embassy in Washington. According to the National Review, Hamlet was fired after her efforts were reported to the House Sergeant-at-Arms. In response, Senator Marco Rubio said in an email that the Chinese Communist Party wants to establish influence over our own government. Representative Baer's office said it was unaware of Hamlet's actions. Hamlet reportedly reached out to both Democratic and Republican staffers about the meetings with the Chinese embassy. In the months leading up to the midterm elections, Twitter says it has removed over 2,000 China-based accounts that stroke political division in the U.S. The accounts are accused of trying to weaken the country. Here's more. According to data Twitter released, the social media platform disrupted three China-based operations that tried to influence the midterm elections. The accounts amplified a range of politically polarizing issues, including allegations of voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election and criticizing transgender people. Twitter said two of the three networks promoted MAGA messaging, while one praised President Biden. Another network of 1,900 accounts pushed narratives favorable to the Chinese regime in both the English and the Chinese language. Many accounts, for example, echoed the Chinese regime's condemnation of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan this year. Twitter removed the accounts, saying they were violating rules against platform manipulation and spam. Many of the accounts were active from April to October this year. They claimed to be located in the U.S., but Twitter said it discovered technical signals indicating that many were based in China. Some of the accounts attracted a large following. One of them had over 26,000 followers and received more than 400,000 likes before being taken down. With Elon Musk's $44 million Twitter takeover, the company's board of directors was dissolved. One of those directors, Li Feifei, left. She's been accused of having ties to Beijing. Li was appointed to the board in 2020. Before that, she had worked at Google Cloud as chief scientist for artificial intelligence, leading the internet search giant's efforts to do business in China. One week after Li joined Twitter, a Chinese Twitter handle was taken down. The reason? Violating rules against posting identical content on duplicate accounts. The account holder believes they were removed for other reasons.
He alleges Li was a member of a student association tied to Chinese Communist Party's United Front Department. The CCP organ is tasked with coordinating thousands of groups that push the party's overseas influence efforts. Another American semiconductor giant is scaling down operations in China. This time, it's microchip maker Marvell Technology. The company confirmed that it's cutting research and development staff in China. Marvell's R&D center in China is its third largest after its operations in the U.S. and Israel. The decision would make Marvell the third American microchip company to cut its China operations this year. Earlier this year, U.S. microchip giant Micron said it would shut down a chip design operation in Shanghai. Another microchip manufacturer, Texas Instruments, also moved part of its R&D team from China to India. Marvell did not say how many staffers would be affected by the cuts. In a statement, it said the company is making changes to its global location strategy, which will result in the elimination of roles in China. The cut comes after Washington moves to cripple Beijing's access to advanced semiconductor technology. A month before the midterm election, the Biden administration announced sweeping sanctions. Under them, companies are banned from selling advanced chips to China if they're made with U.S. technology. Specifically, chips used in artificial intelligence and supercomputing, areas critical to China's military capability. Microchips function as the brains of modern electronics, from cars to supercomputers. Advanced microchips are essential for military gear. Washington is also on its way to barring U.S. persons from helping China's microchip development, unless they get a license though it remains to be seen how the impacts would play out. In the past, Washington has approved a lot of licenses under sanctions. China is a major market for U.S. semiconductor firms. Last year, over 60 percent of Qualcomm's revenue came from China. For Intel, China is its largest source of net revenue, about 26 percent. China is denying it operates police stations in the Netherlands. On Wednesday, Beijing officials said the offices are simply centers that help Chinese citizens renew documents. This comes one day after the Dutch government ordered China to immediately close police stations in the country. Reports say they were used to monitor and harass Chinese dissidents. One piece of evidence comes from a Chinese dissident living in the Netherlands. He said representatives from the office had sought to pressure him to return to China. The Netherlands foreign minister says that although the stations do provide consular help, they do not have permission to offer it. He says that alone is enough to shut them down. Meanwhile, the ministry plans to take a deeper look at such activity. It will also reach out to other European Union countries, where sources say more Chinese police stations are located. The reports came in the wake of a September investigation by Spain-based NGO Safeguard Defenders. It states China has 54 overseas police centers around the world, including the two in the Netherlands. It also said there's one in New York City and three in the U.K. British police are investigating. The U.K. security minister vowed on Tuesday to step up work to prevent transnational repression. He added it would be unacceptable for a foreign nation to run a security apparatus in the U.K. 
Now we turn to the Indo-Pacific, where Beijing's aggression appears to have Washington and Canberra forging closer links. Australian broadcaster ABC reported the U.S. is to send six B-52 bombers to the air base in Australia. Let's zoom in. The B-52 is a long-range heavy bomber capable of delivering nuclear weapon strikes. The U.S. Air Force has been rotating bombers through Australia for years. But sending as many as six heavy bombers seems to mark a big increase. It comes as the U.S. and Australia seek to boost military cooperation to counter Beijing's military activity, particularly near Taiwan. An expert says the move is sending a signal to China, warning Beijing not to launch an assault on the island. News of the project riled up Beijing on Monday. Chinese state media accused Australia of becoming an overseas bomber base of the U.S. Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese didn't directly respond when asked about the issue. We engage with our friends in the United States Alliance. Uh, the, from time to time, there are visits, of course, uh, to Australia, and uh, of including uh, in, in Darwin, uh, that has U.S. Marines, of course, on a rotating basis uh, stationed there. Earlier this month, Australia signed a new security deal with Japan. Both countries called for peace across the Taiwan Strait. China's communist leader, Xi Jinping, had said during the recent Communist Party Congress that he would never rule out the use of force to take over Taiwan. The U.S. may soon maintain a weaker military presence in Japan, but four lawmakers are questioning the move that would make it happen. The U.S. Air Force plans to withdraw a number of F-15 fighter jets from the Kadena Air Base in Japan starting this month. The jets are being retired. To take their place, the Air Force is considering whether to deploy more capable aircraft permanently. But the old jets would still be taken out of service without time to replace them. The plan has triggered concerns, mainly that the move would create a void for U.S. military force in Japan. The Pentagon responded on Tuesday. The U.S. commitment to Japan and regional security uh, and the defense of Japan remains ironclad. Since World War II, Japan is not legally allowed to have a military, though it does keep a self-defense force. The U.S. is the leading force that defends Japan. The European Union is sending out a warning about China. The bloc's industry chief says European governments and companies must realize Beijing is a rival of the EU and that Europe should not be naive when approving Chinese investment. Here are the details. European Commissioner Thierry Breton said we need to be extremely vigilant. Breton said the EU had adopted a series of measures to block Chinese investment in critical infrastructure since the EU labeled China a systematic rival in 2019. He said it's now up to the member states to use them. His comments appear to be aimed in part at Germany, whose Chancellor Olaf Scholz will visit Beijing on Friday. Germany recently decided to approve the sale of a stake in the country's largest port in Hamburg to a Chinese state-run company, baffling many diplomats. Chancellor Scholz was in favour, despite strong pushback from his governing coalition partners. Scholz's visit to Beijing will be the first by an EU leader since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. North Korea fired at least 17 missiles into the ocean on Wednesday. One of them landed less than 37 miles off South Korea's coast. The incident prompted South Korea to issue rare air raid warnings and launch its own missiles in response. 
Let's zoom in. North Korea fired at least 17 missiles into the sea on Wednesday. Seoul says one of them landed less than 38 miles off South Korea's coast and, for the first time, crossed a disputed maritime border which is outside of South Korea's territorial waters. The apparent missile tests triggered air raid signals on the South Korean island of Oolong. South Korean President Yoon Shuk Yul called it an effective act of territorial encroachment. Military chiefs in Seoul voiced alarm at the latest development. This North Korean missile launch, which marks the first time since the division of the peninsula that has landed near our territorial waters south of the northern limit line, is very rare and we can never tolerate it. Our military will firmly respond to it. In response, South Korea scrambled fighter jets that fired three air-to-ground missiles across the maritime border. Japan also condemned Pyongyang's missile tests on Wednesday. Its defence chief said a complaint was lodged with Beijing through diplomatic channels. Wednesday's launch comes after a warning from Pyongyang of powerful follow-up measures if the US and South Korea didn't stop large-scale joint air drills. Those went ahead with hundreds of warplanes, including F-35 stealth fighters from both sides, staging mock attacks 24 hours a day. According to Seoul, the training was needed to counter potential threats from North Korea, which has staged a record number of missile launches this year. In a statement on Wednesday, North Korea said the Allied drills were, quote, inordinate moves for military confrontation that created a grave situation on the Korean peninsula. Michigan may soon be subsidizing communist China. That's according to a new report. That's also despite the Biden administration considering Beijing the biggest long-term threat to the United States. A business deal funded by U.S. taxpayers may extend China's supply chain deep into the heart of America. Michigan is set to fund a Chinese battery maker to the tune of over $715 million. The purpose? To build a $2.4 billion facility in Big Rapids and create up to 2,300 jobs. The funding would provide $350,000 in subsidies for every job. But some are questioning if the project is the best use of tax money and if the plan aligns with Americans' values. We spoke with Charlie LaDuff, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist and Michigan resident, on his report. Oh, you know, human infrastructure, schools, how about, you know, uh, physical infrastructure, roads, there, ours are notoriously the worst in the country. It could go so many places. And again, um, trade deals are particularly raw in this part of the world because, you know, they didn't work. Here, where I live, first world workers have been turned into secondhand shoppers in one generation. And then you add in to the fact that we're now subsidizing the communists. That, you know how we grew up around here. You know, you're taught we, we, we don't like communism much. And now it's corporate socialism. And who is this company? Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. The U.S. is facing a major dilemma over green energy. Is clean energy really clean? And besides money, what's really in play? Charlie LaDuff, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, says it starts with each individual. So given that, what is the solution? Is it bringing back manufacturing to America or what? where is the solution? Well, you can see 
kind of what's going on post-COVID, the, the cost of labor in China is now higher than it is in Mexico. So a lot of this stuff is moving back to North America. Having said that, when you give Ford or General Motors or Stellantis these big packages, the new hip electric models that they're developing are being assembled in Mexico. So it's closer, it's part of the North American free trade, but it's nowhere near Detroit. Well, what is the answer? I, I don't know. I, I just don't. What is corporate socialism? That's the government picking who will win, who, right, who will be the source of manufacturing, and who will make a profit. This is a capitalistic society. No way in the world were workers ever supposed to guarantee the company the profit. You take risk, you make profit. If there's no risk, how is it that we, the broke people whose kids can't read, are being sure that you're making profit. And Charlie, it seems right now, especially in America, we're really moving away from fossil fuels and moving in terms of, say, renewable and green energy. But are you seeing a growing dependency on the Chinese communist regime in particular in this field? It is worrisome. Uh, yes, they're, they're far ahead. And, you know, I mean, much of the Chinese automotive industry is already moving towards um, electric vehicles. So yes, also in terms of wind power and you know wind turbines, solar paneling, yes, so there's an issue there. Having said that, look at the, maybe we're moving a little too fast. Are we even capable? Like it, Michigan, another thing, has one of the worst electric grids in the United States, some of the most expensive and some of the least reliable. Okay. If every time it rains here, the power goes out for a couple days and a million people are in the dark, how do you charge your car? How is it we're going to almost increase energy electricity output by 50%, create the grid and the infrastructure for these cars we're supposed to have? GM says by 2030, half our vehicles. We don't have the capacity to plug them in now. So seems to me we're getting a little ahead of ourselves the electric wagon before the horsepower we don't have it maybe we're creating a problem for ourselves look at the cost of energy look at what's going on in europe you know what i mean maybe we should be going to hybrid remember toyota came up with the prius the hybrid sold 20 million of those babies really popular toyota is not going all electric because toyota is smart I, I'm really worried that for, you know, immediate prof, uh, uh, return on your shares and some government handouts and subsidies to go electric, that we're not ready to do it. And I do know energy officials, and in my state, those responsible for maintaining the power grid say we're not there and we're not going to be there. And on that note, when it comes to electric vehicles in particular, it seems there's, you know, different charging levels and mm -hmm. level one sometimes takes up to four days just to get a full charge and that's up to the thing. <laughs> but um, another issue that seems concerning, especially for America, is the lithium ion batteries. You know, China's got, you know, a, a, a good lock on, on cobalt and nickel and lithium, right? Uh, talk to them and the people they have contracts with. I know with this Inflation Reduction Act of, of, uh, of uh, President Biden's, uh, at some point, a certain percentage of the components in the electric car must come from North America, right? 
what were we where were we gonna get the copper and the nickel and the lithium and the cobalt? Most of that stuff in the United States, according to one report, most of those elements are within 35 miles of a Native American reservation. So let's let's just ask the green movement for a second. You're woke, you're super cool, right? Do you really want to start poisoning the first Americans? Is that what we're doing? Because those are also my people too. So are we going to get honest with ourselves? Are we moving too fast? Are we making poor decisions? Again, around here. Labor warned Washington, do not normalize trade with communist China. Not Chinese people, communist China. We did it. Bill Clinton said it was going to be the greatest thing ever. Al Gore's like, I hope so. You know, it's going to, it wiped us out. Our technology's been stolen. You know what I mean? Also, we have a, uh, a real global stress point with China. Now we're competitors. It's the weirdest thing. If Biden writes that our biggest threat in the future is China, its military power, its political influence, its economic influence, how is it we created it? And where are we going? So we, ha we have this tension and yet we need each other. It's bizarre. Charlie, on that point about basically the United States creating the Chinese Communist Party, the monster it's become, and given how entangled the two economies are, what can be done going forward? Some are calling for decoupling. What would, how, would, how would this play out? I would hope that as we take the next steps into the future, people are actually thinking it out, and I don't think they are. I just think everybody went to Ivy League and they got great ideas, but they never worked in a coal mine. You know what I'm saying? So. We need to be precise. We need to be realistic, you know, how we spend money, when we print money. If you look at the, the British government, the central bank is saying raise interest rates and cut spending. And on the fiscal side, the government's saying, no, you know, cut taxes and spend. And what, what are you all doing? You know, we regular people around the globe want to get up. We want to go to work. We want to bring food home to our children. We want to save a little for old age. We're not asking for much and everything's spinning out of control. So I would say, Tiffany, we need to restore our sanity and know there's no quick fixes in life. You have to earn, you have to save, you cannot cheat. You must be honorable, right? And you must provide for your family. You're responsible for your family. Well, I th really think we have to get back to that. That's not conservative, that's not liberal, that's as old as humankind itself, and we're kind of forgetting that with these great big quick deals. And Charlie, on that, what are some ways of really putting that into action? As you mentioned, it's not like a left or right or even center issue. What, what can be done? I do have a degree in economics and finance, so I understand money, but it starts with respecting each other and speaking to one another and listening to one another. And look, my mother says this, we don't have what we're spending. We want to live at a level that we cannot afford. I think Americans are tightening their belts anyway because they're forced to. But if you are honest with them about what we need to do fiscally and monetarily and globally and trade packages, that you tell them um, it's going to be tough for a couple of years and this is why. They will do it if you can explain it to them like they're adults. And we don't. We keep telling you there's things for free. And don't worry, this China deal is going to be great. And there's going to be 2,000 jobs. That 
if we're going to give with no guarantee that these jobs have to last five years even, right? Why don't we just give 2,000 families $350,000? If you look at it, that, that's how stupid this is, right? Give them $70,000 a year for five years. And I think it would be a better investment. And Charlie, any last words you'd like to add? Mm, yeah, you know, try to respect one another, you know, save your money. And by the way, there's something called the I-bond. You can buy it from the U.S. Treasury. Inflation bond is currently paying 9.62%. It gives you 1% return plus the rate of inflation. I recommend you all look into that. That's brother to sister. Charlie Ladeff, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have I you on really the show. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Thanks for watching. But before you go, here's a short glimpse into this Thursday's special report. Days to charge materials sourced by child labor. Is our push into green energy riddled with hidden costs? In this special report, we look at China's growing dominance in the renewable energy sector, the costs to the environment and human life, and how every American is involved.